Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with trumpeter Shane Ensley of the cool modern group, Kneebody. He talked about their newest 2019 CD called Chapters and the band's history. The group met in their late teens while at the Eastman School and CalArts. They became fast friends and converged together amid a very vibrant and eclectic music scene of Los Angeles back in 2001. In their almost two-decade history, this Grammy-nominated band has created a jazz sound all on their own. So please get to know Shane and Kneebody and dig this interview, my friends. Shane, man, I'm a huge fan of you guys. Just want to tell you up front, so it's an mm. honor and a pleasure to speak with you on, on behalf of Kneebody. Thank you for oh. taking a minute out. Yeah, thanks for having us and uh, much appreciated. Thanks for the support. Yeah, absolutely, man. So let's talk about your latest 2019 project, your CD chapters. Talk to me yeah. about the artistic vision for this project. It's a real culmination of a lot of things the band has been working on. Uh, we have all these guests, uh, mostly vocalists, um, jumping in with us, although there's Gerald Clayton on uh, piano and then uh, Josh Dion actually, you know, playing drums and singing and playing keyboard at the same time. But that's something we've been talking about doing for a couple, few years, actually, like wanting to, because we've collaborated with, other artists over the years, like we did the Ives album with Theo Fleckman and our um, Needless album with electronic musician Daedalus. And in the earlier days, we used to do more sort of backing up other bands or having guests, vocalists, and other artists on our like residency gigs in New York and LA. So it's something we've been wanting to kind of document and record for a while. And so finally, uh, with this um, album chapters, and our previous sort of like EP release with um, all, like all the cover tunes on it. That was like our finally like you know culmination of all the talking about getting these guests together to record. Mm-hmm. So it was partly that, and then it's partly the other half was just like uh, you know Nibody music and like kind of the just whatever the next evolution of our composition is. And I think originally we were kind of picturing having like more of like an all vocal album and then a new like. Body album, but we ended up just sort of breaking it up differently to separate out these cover tunes and then have this album that mix, mixes our like solo stuff and um, work with the guests. I guess it's kind of a long answer, but additionally, uh, you know, for even like the knee body on our own stuff that we're doing kind of represents um, our band, this transition that we're going through where we've been uh, the quintet with uh, Kabe Rasagaran based for so many years, and then now with him stepping away from the band and we're becoming quartet with Nate uh, Wood playing bass and drums at the same time, freakishly enough. <laughs> we document both of those things on the album. Also, Kaveh's on a few of the tracks, or like more than half the tracks, and then a few with uh, with Nate doing what he's doing in the band now. So speaking of evolution, how do you guys see each successive project you put out? Is it an evolution? Is it a stamp in time? How do you see this artistic uh, evolution of yours? Yeah, we definitely see it as an evolution because, you know, we're in this band um, together. So we're all like, it feels like we're on this path together. So it, it really does feel like we're evolving together. And each new um, project we get to, we think it's just sort of a, a document of the, the progress that we make um, as a band. Talk to me about the beginnings of the band. How did you guys come together and how did everything kind of begin for you guys? That's when we were pretty young, like I uh, I guess really early on, like I met an original bassist, Cave, out here in Denver, where we both grew up and we met when we were about like 18 and 19 years old and started playing in what well, was like acid jazz, you know, bands back then. It was sort of like funk jazz jamming with DJs and, and uh, rappers and stuff. And we kind of met through that and became fast friends and started playing together and started a band together, which uh, was actually in some ways not so different, you know, from anybody in a way. Um, 
in the early days and made that connection. But then I went off to school um, in upstate New York in Rochester at the Eastman School of Music, and that's where I met um, Ben Wendell, our saxophonist, and Adam Benjamin, our keyboardist. And then Kaveh, after I was telling him how much I liked Eastman and the great, you know, they're like the students and teachers there, he ended up coming out to Eastman and meeting those guys as well. And then we all ended up migrating to Los Angeles for one reason or another. And that's where we met um, Nate Wood, our drummer, and now drummer slash bassist. And so L.A. was where the group really formed, and it came together. We used to play all the time at this one club on the on the west side in Santa Monica. It's no longer there, but it was a really fun place called the Temple Bar. And it was just a cool, like, sort of eclectic place where there was all kinds of music during the week. And we would play there as part of other projects, you know, as just sort of the tired musicians, and, like, all the time. Like, we would always be there a couple, few times a week. So it was really a cool sort of home base for us um, individually. And then at some point they offered, uh, I think Ben, a regular weekly night there. And then he put together a quartet with Kave and Nate and Adam. And I was on the road quite a bit at the time with uh, Ani DeFranco. And then that um, sort of concluded not too long after they were doing that week residency. So I jumped in with them. So that's how we kind of started was this like Monday night gig in Santa Monica. And it was... um, you know, we just kind of all were into writing music. And so, like, that was the natural focus from the beginning. It's like, let's, you know, just start bringing in the stuff that, we've, that we're that we writing and, and do our band. You know, the interesting thing about you guys is you're jazz, but you're also, you have these electronic elements, these experimental elements. Mm-hmm. Do you see that as being kind of a uh, a driving force with a lot of jazz that's going on these days that might be able to sell more units, get more people in? I know that jazz historically it really doesn't matter to the musician i don't know if i've ever interviewed a musician that laments the fact that they're doing what they're doing because they're going to do it no matter what but mm-hmm. i guess my question isn't you're doing this because of that but do you think this helps you gain a wider audience i think it does help a bit you know it's not like some magic wand or anything i mean um you know and actually i feel like now in recent years there's a little more precedent for like this modern chapter of like more electronic you know, rock, hip-hop sort of uh, influenced jazz. And, like, I feel like even when we were starting, we've been a band for 18 years now, that when we were kind of getting going, um, there was less of that going on at the time, and and there wasn't as much of a place for us in, like, jazz festivals and jazz clubs, and we were kind of, like, forcing our way in there because it's, like, you know, the music kind of falls in between these cracks. It's It's basically, you know, jazz in the way, you know, the broader sense that it's, you know, it deals with uh, sort of, improvisation in a very jazz-like way and sort of the, a lot of the harmony and composition you can definitely relate it to jazz but it's definitely not traditional and um so in some ways it's i felt like it was trickier because we're mostly have been defined by the things that we that we aren't you know like we're not jazz and we're not rock but we're kind of a mix of all this stuff so sometimes it felt like it was a little hard to hard to have an identity but um on the other hand i do think that elements of the music are a little more modern and really to like a, a a general audience, and so it is maybe more possible to sort of pull in some people that might not naturally gravitate towards more like avant-garde or traditional jazz. But um, you know, in the end of the day, really, like most of the folks who come to hear us are people that are already like avid listeners and people that are really checking out new music and are like kind of listening on a deep level. And it's still not stuff that just kind of grabs everyone. Uh, right off the street and like kind of pulls them right in. I, I think when they're at the shows and they see us play and like the see our we have like a real um, joyful stage presence and the way we present the music there. Like I think that you know 
know, really helps to kind of just relate it to folks who might not otherwise hear music like that. But it's, um, you know, I think it might help a little bit with, in terms of us, in terms of sort of uh, popularity or selling, you know, music. But uh, it's ultimately, I think, kind of nominal. You know, it's still, you know, weird music, underground music in a large, large extent. What, what's been the most pleasurable part of being involved with this band? You guys have been together for a long time. What do you like the best about being in this group? Um, well, I think that we've, uh, that we have our own sound and I feel, I feel really proud of that. Like the way that we've sort of built something that's, uh, I think is really pretty unique and I think anybody has like a definable sound and that feels so personal and individual for all of us. I feel like we all get to really be ourselves and at the same time, you know, come together to create this, um, you know, this whole that works together in a special way. And for me, that's the most uh, gratifying thing like that the, the way we do it together the communal effort but the still like the individual expression being totally uh realized um i just realized like that that's uh that's really lucky to have that it's hard to to cultivate that and really and to have it last for a long time that that's what i kind of re- really enjoy the most is just it feels like a complete like a uh, home base and a, a family you know in itself you know in this talk that we've had in this journey of, of weaving together the the world of Kneebody. You've mentioned Denver, New York, and L.A., which is unique because you have both corners of the country and the middle of the country. How have these geographic areas influenced all of you and the sound that you have? Uh, well, they definitely have. I mean, um, you know, for, for Kavi and I growing up here, um, obviously we're just kind of influenced by uh, what was happening when we were growing up? There was a lot of there was a handful of like really fantastic um, jazz improviser composers here. Ron Miles and Art Landy in particular really influenced us quite a bit. Um, when we moved out to LA, that that scene was uh, less steeped in acoustic and sort of more progressive jazz than New York. And I think we were playing a lot more music that was, you know, like funk music based or world music sort of oriented or hip hop oriented. And so that was what we were doing quite a bit when the band formed and it definitely uh, informed the music. And then after the first few years, um, we all started to migrate. I, I moved back to New York proper and I've been there most of my adult life. And then Ben and Nate moved back a few years after me. And when they moved back to New York, they started playing with all, you know, like folks in New York, like Wayne Krantz and uh, Tigran Amasyan Mark Juliana and Donnie McCaslin and Dave Binney and like all these uh, like you know definitively like New York musicians and so it definitely changed the way that they were playing and writing music um, and that you know definitely we brought that into to anybody like I for sure I remember specifically even when Nate and Ben were playing with Tigran Masian is like uh, such a virtuoso on piano and like a real rhythmic uh, expert and virtuoso that a lot of like the the ways that he's like dividing up beats and and thinking of, uh, you know, sort of odd meters and different ways of, like, you know, stringing beats together and, like, um, subdividing and reinventing them in these really creative ways that they had to really learn that and work really hard to be able to do it in his music, and that certainly came out in the way they were playing in E-Body and the way Ben was writing for an E-Body, and that's the way the sound has kind of lasted over um, these years since Tigran. So, yeah, anything we do individually, it always comes into the band, and these different cities, they do have their sort of musical personalities, and they naturally, you know, sort of kind of channel their way into our music. So overall, how do you think the health and vitality of jazz in America, how's it doing in 2019? In a lot of ways, it's great. I mean, some of the music that people are making and the quality of the 
musicians and musicianship is just uh it's incredible and inspiring and um and I do think that there is a uh you know like when we're out we see a lot of like young audience coming out to see us and I know that there's other uh groups that are having that that same experience you know I do think that there is a, a really uh uh kind of exciting you know time time in jazz now where there's uh you know these sort of like new developments a new like sort of crew of people that are really actively recording and touring that are uh, just so great like so you know such a pleasure to play with and to hear play um but i think it's actually uh it, it's a great time it's obviously um i don't know in the music industry there's so many big changes going on and, and jazz music is always a small slice of that music industry so there's you know certain things that i think are you know changing certain things are kind of the same but overall i, I feel really inspired and, and happy about it what would you say collectively as a band have been some of your, you know, jazz influences? Maybe albums you listened to or each respective member would have listened to in their formative jazz development. Who who influences you guys? Well, yeah, let me see. I we could probably name some personally and collectively. Uh I mean, for me personally when I was, you know, fourteen, fifteen is when I really kind of discovered jazz and the stuff that really grabbed me was the uh, kind of like fifties uh era blue note. Like, uh, the hard bops over the jazz, like I love our Blakey and the Jazz Messengers and Horace Silver's, uh, albums and Clifford Brown, Max Roach Quintet, Miles and John Coltrane. And like, that's the first stuff that I, I really got into. And, and, and still for me, it's like just some of my all time, you know, favorite music and, and play very often. And we all share those, uh, that influence of that, like, amazing period in jazz. But also, I mean, other important people like the, uh, Ornette Coleman, you know, groups and uh, Keith Jarrett groups are really big. Brad Meldow is a huge influence on us. Wayne Krantz has definitely been a influence on us. I used to play with Steve Coleman for a while, and when we were studying at Eastman, uh, his trumpet player at the time was Ralph Leslie, so he was bringing in a lot of that that music. So that certainly um, influenced us. And and then I don't know. I mean, we really, you know, we are really uh, jazz lovers for sure. So we, we do get influenced by like a pretty broad spectrum like i i really you know love early jazz too and whenever i get a chance like trying to do my best you know most armstrong impression of some whenever there's a chance to do it so we um yeah we kind of we, we get a lot of influence from from jazz over different periods you know when you guys have been together for quite a while and and i'm going to kind of ask kind of a, a fantastical question here and it's this if you had a dream tonight and you ran into your younger self when this band started you could give yourself advice what advice would you give your younger self? Man, that's such a that's a really great question. Yeah, we've been a band for 18 years now. You know, so it really started when I was in, you know, my mid 20s, and I'm mid 40s now. I think what I would advise myself to do back then would be to like even um, maybe push even harder with it at the beginning when we're younger and have more time to really like go on tours for longer and really really kind of just hit the streets and and try and build the band up and and invest even more of our time and money maybe expense to like just find a way to really you know invest even more in the band uh at the beginning once we realized that it was something special and that we really wanted to do and we were certainly working hard on it and really pushing but looking back and just kind of learning more about how much work really goes into you know, developing uh, artistic output and then making it actually exist in the world in terms of like recording, touring, and getting press, and you know, gathering an audience and and trying to you know sell units and it's 
like so much I didn't quite realize the extent of it um, back then. So I guess I would advise myself and us as a band, like collectively, if if we could have even like little learned a little more about the business of music early on and and really kind of dug our heels in even a little more to just try and really invest in the band at the beginning and extend ourselves even a little further. So why do you love jazz? Oh, I don't know. It makes me feel good. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, <laughs> hard to pinpoint that. I mean, I just, I love the, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to just like to sum it up. It's, uh, you know, I grew up in a music house. My father was a professional trumpet player and a publisher and instrument maker. My mom played food and symphony here for years and years. So I, I grew up in a house where music was, was valued and was part of the family language. You know, I guess now I'm talking about it, like one of the the thing I really love about jazz for me listening and, and certainly for playing is like the element of, you know, that personal spontaneous expression and interaction. Um, I love the game of like trying to improvise with other people and, and like manage all the technical details with rhythm and harmony and form and all this, but to really be in the moment together and feel like that the possibilities are endless and that you know, the music can kind of go anywhere if you're ready to just take a chance on it and listen to each other and, and explore together. And, and that kind of, um, like, in the moment, um, spontaneous music making, I, I think, is what what really has drawn me to, to jazz music and improvised music over the years. So everyone has a perception of who you all are as a band. Your, your family does, your friends, your fan base, but you guys know who you are. Who do you guys mm-hmm. think you are? What's your perception of who you guys are as a band? I think we all perceive ourselves as really dedicated musicians. I think that we all are on the same page where this is uh, our life's work individually and that uh, our collective work in Nebody is also really uh, our life's work. Like We've put so much into it together. So I think we, we really see ourselves as like, um, you know, always you know students of the music and always uh, in, in that mode of trying to... Um, to just get better and better at what we do and just to be, you know, keep getting, you know, more and more understanding of how music works and how other musicians do it and how the music world works, how the world works. Uh, so that's how I, I see us. You know, we all are, yeah, we're, we have families and relationships and, and busy adult lives and um, we're very much that too. <laughs> see us as like a pretty family-oriented band, you know, and that's part of our um, identity also. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how you guys evolve into the future. Shane, thank you for opening up about Kneebody. Thank you for your time, and thank you for all the music. Uh, thanks again for having us, so much appreciated. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and bands in Denver, California, New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Shane on behalf of Kneebody for their cool music and time. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.